to another episode of Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. TGIF, Allison. Yes, it's the end of the week. Yeah, this episode is two days late. It's supposed <laughs> yes, to come out on Wednesday. Now it's coming out on Friday. That's why I wished her a TGIF. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's because my dog had a rash, basically. Mm-hmm. That may, let's, let's, let's get specific here because it sounds like she was going out and had a great night and then all of a sudden whoopsie she had a rash it's not like that are you slut shaming her she (laughs) no no oh no it sounds like i am that poor dog yeah you're you're slut shaming my dog and we, we we're barely one minute we're not even one minute in tune in next week when i issue a very detailed apology about slut shaming michael's dog insinuating she got a rash from a good night which listen it happens. Well, you're going to need to do the apology on YouTube. That's the only way it counts. And you have to f- cry fake tears. But yep. she yeah, she got a rash and it got worse on the day that we record. Mm-hmm. And the vet situation here, I think the vet situation in a lot of places is a mess because mm-hmm. everybody got a pet during the pandemic. <laughs> Pets skyrocketed by 300%. Yeah, there's like vet shortage and there's everyone has a pet now. So, yeah, I had to deal with her rash, and she's on the mend. So she's doing that's well. why this episode is like. Okay, so it feels like for the past couple of episodes, we started with sad stories. Yes. Um, we, you know, we covered Rust, and this episode is no exception. So as everyone knows by now, Travis Scott's Astro World Music Festival in Houston turned into a major tragedy. Um, yes. Nine people are dead. Today, uh, a ninth person, and a woman pa- passed away from her injuries. Mm-hmm. And and they were all very young, like 14 to 27. Yeah. And even some of the kids that were injured were, I mean, same thing. It kind of, it's all young people. It's really, really upsetting. Yeah. Hundreds more were injured. Two dozen had to go to the hospital. A nine-year-old boy was put in a medically induced coma Mm -hmm. after he was trampled. His family has filed a lawsuit. There's dozens of lawsuits. I could be wrong on this, but I think it's 46 now. Yeah, it's tons of lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting sued, including Drake, who performed with Travis Scott. You know, and this, this is similar to the accidental shooting death on Rust because... It's something that seems like it could have easily been preventable. Yeah, you go back in time and you look at some evidence and it's very clear that there's kind of a little pattern that might have been leading up to this situation. Yeah, and just the way that it was handled during it. So what we know is that on Saturday night, Travis Scott headlined his own festival, Astroworld. He went on at around 9 o'clock. There were 50,000 people at the festival, and so the crowd at his set was massive. Mm -hmm. And concert goers have said that even before his show began, people were surging toward the stage and crushing each other. And what didn't help was that on the big screens Mm -hmm. were a giant clock that counted down to his performance. So that just added to the tension and the anticipation as it got closer and closer. And as that clock got closer to his performance time, people just kept pushing 
more pushing each other, surging more and more toward the stage, and yeah, it got it, worse and worse. Yeah, that that countdown clock kind of served as like a bit of a thing to get the crowd really going. People weren't just sitting there being like, oh, look at that. It appears that Travis Scott will be on stage in 36 minutes. How lovely. We have time to go to the bathroom. It's like people were like, they were losing it, obviously. They were going crazy. Yeah, no, they were not having a a glass of tea and sitting down. They were pushing each Mm -hmm. other toward the stage. And so people who were there say it was so packed and people kept, you know, crushing each other so much that they could not breathe. And um, some said that they were just focused on staying standing because if they mm-hmm. fell, they knew it would not They'd be done. It would be bad. So yeah. people started to pass out. People went into cardiac arrest and the medical staff was apparently not prepared and they were a total mess. So one concert goer who's a nurse said that she saw a medic giving someone CPR and they were doing it wrong. Others have said that they saw teenagers who had no idea how to give CPR, giving CPR because they were so desperate to save their friends. So it was a massive, massive shit show. Mm -hmm. And when you've got that many people in there, too, it's impossible to get people out. Yeah, they had to they have to like pull them up from the crowd, like crowd surf them, surf them to the side. Because like one woman said that she you could jump and like get stuck it was so packed oh my god that's like i have major claustrophobia just talking about this story yeah it's horrible and travis scott kept performing and the more he performed the more the crowd got hyped and the more people got suffocated and it was just a nightmare and there's videos and accounts from people who tried to stop the show so one girl got onto a platform where a cameraman was this was filmed for apple music and she begged him to help and to stop the show because people were dying and he tried he kept telling her like get off the platform he wasn't listening to her and then another guy came in to see what was going on and she told him the same thing and he basically kicked her off the platform and ignored her and travis scott had to stop the show several times because there was an ambulance in the crowd and also because people were passing out in front of him so he was stopping the show but he kept he would just pause the show and he kept going and there's video of people chanting at him to stop the show but he never did and he brought drake out at the end of his set which made it even worse yeah that's a terrible decision that's horrible. It Again, it should have ended early. It shouldn't have been like, you know what? I see a lot of ambulances and I see a lot of people. I see a lot of bodies being crowd surfed towards me. I think I should bring out a surprise guest that's going to make people absolutely lose their minds. Yeah, that that is definitely the opposite of a good idea, which mm-hmm. is what happened. And so the Houston Chronicle went through all the social media posts and video of that night, and they put together a timeline of events. And there were warning signs earlier in the day, like people knocking over barricades and breaking into the VIP area. But it really got horrible during Travis's performance. So at about 9.38, about 30 minutes after Travis took the stage, Mm -hmm. Houston officials declared the event a mass casualty event. So they already knew of deaths. And that's when they met with Live Nation, the organizer of Astroworld, and Live Nation agreed to end the show. 
but it never mm-hmm. ended. Travis Scott went on to perform for 30 plus more minutes and finished his entire set. So he just kept performing as people were dying, which is just... Well, well, like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to, you know, judge anyone's choices in the moment, but I personally know that if I was on stage and I saw an ambulance driving through the crowd, I'd be like, we need to stop because an ambulance is not a person that should be in the crowd. I don't think the ambulance bought a ticket for the show. The ambulance is not a person is what I'm saying. I'm not defending him, but um, people have said, and I've seen this before, like ambulances at music festivals because people pass out and people, you know, they get dehydrated, they get exhausted, they get, you know, they take drugs and it fucks with them and they pass out. So seeing like an ambulance is not like at a music festival is not like a rare occurrence, but this was on another level, obviously. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he's getting blamed, uh, rightfully so, because he never stopped the show. Mm -hmm. And also because he has a history of this. He has a history of riling crowds up and creating chaos. Um, He got arrested in 2015 for encouraging fans to jump barricades and rush the stage at Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. He also got arrested for doing that again at another show. And at a show in New York City in 2017, a man was left partially paralyzed after he says he was pushed from a third story balcony after Travis encouraged his fans to jump from the second floor balcony. And Astroworld's promo video was shots of fans, like, breaking barricades and going mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So, like, obviously this kind of mayhem fuels his ego. Like, he this loves is, this. Yes. Yeah. This is, like, part of his brand, I think, is when you, let's say, when you buy a ticket to, uh, I don't know, um, Celine Dion, you know that you're going to be entertained. There might be some Cirque du Soleil style stuff. There's You're going to cry. You're going to feel emotions. You're going to cry. Yeah, she's going to probably pound on her chest maybe twice, three times. With Travis Scott, I think his brand is like, it's going to be crazy. People are going to be jumping off of stuff. People are going to be moshing in a violent way. You're going to get pushed into something, which that's not, I mean, as he's finding out, you know, with all the lawsuits, like that's not a great vibe to have. No, and and that's what he wants. It's obvious that he like thrives off of this, off of people risking their health lives to entertain Mm -hmm. him, basically. And so he claims he didn't know how serious things were. So he Mm -hmm. responded to this in a couple of statements and said he's devastated and heartbroken, you know, and used all the other words his PR rep probably told him to use. Mm -hmm. And Travis's side is basically pushing that he didn't know people were dying until the show ended even after the show ended he didn't know because he went to the after party at dave and buster's which is really ghoulish yeah (laughs) Yeah, that that was horrible to find that out. and he claims he still didn't know um that's why he went to the after party and i guess he found out at the after party and um travis's girlfriend kylie jenner was also there she was at the show, and she posted video in her Instagram stories of an ambulance going through the crowd. But she also said that she didn't know people were dying, and that Travis didn't know people were dying, and that if they did, they would have stopped the show. It feels very Palace of Versailles to me. 
I think that I know that's not the way it's pronounced, but I'm not French. It, it like it feels very like Louis the Sixteenth, Marie Antoinette. Oh, we had no idea people were. Oh, people were in a bad way. We had no idea. But like sitting from their VIP perch. Yeah, you're literally seeing people like you're seeing like unconscious bodies being body surfed in front of you. And you're like, like shocked Pikachu face. Oh, my God. People were getting people were dying. You don't well, say. again, in Kylie's defense, <laughs> you're assuming that she was actually watching the show. She was probably just taking selfies the whole time. You're right. She was just she was scrolling her phone. She was scrolling her phone, looking at pictures of herself, which ones the sexiest ones to post. Um, there was right. also an account of someone randomly, like some crazy person, randomly sticking people with drugs in the audience. And the Houston police chief claimed that a security guard was stuck in the neck with a drug in the crowd and passed out and had to be revived with Narcon. Um, but he later took it back, said that didn't happen, and that the security guard was actually hit in the head in the crowd and passed out. So a lot of people think that Travis's side is pushing the random crazy person injecting people with drugs theory (laughs) to get the heat off of him. Which, like, come on, that's basically saying that your Halloween candy has razor blades in it. It's an urban legend. Nobody's going around sticking people with a syringe. Nobody's giving away drugs. No, I think they're just they're trying to save their ass because yeah, it's obvious that this is because of a crowd control issue. And they're trying to say, no, there was some crazy person injecting people with drugs. And so people were going crazy. And that's why. But (laughs) that didn't happen. So Travis, like we said, is facing tons of lawsuits. Live Nation is facing tons of lawsuits. Um, He's already doing a lot of damage control. He's agreed to refund everybody's ticket. Which, How gracious. Can I make a statement about that really quickly? Someone, I sounds like <laughs> sounds like I've got like a legal statement. I don't. But as someone that I follow on Twitter pointed out, him refunding tickets, um, this person mentioned, they're like, you have to read your Live Nation contract that you got when you bought the ticket because a refund might be... Um, a person's way of consenting not to seek uh, litigation. And so this person was saying, again, this is like a source of a source of a source. This is not a reliable thing. He's also paying for the funerals of those who died. Um, He's also offering therapy to anyone who was there who needs it. But there's a Yeah, here's a big but. (laughs) You have to go through better help which is like an online therapy site. So basically he's getting sponsors for the therapy he's giving away, air quotes. I mean, it's like Chris Jenner has probably never been more proud. I think so. But then the other part of me is TMZ the other day put up a gallery of Travis Scott's, like they dug through the archives of his Instagram account showing, you know, oh, here he is commenting on somebody who passed out at his show and like here he is like inciting violence and stuff like that and we all know that allegedly tmz has a good relationship with the kardashians so to me that felt very much like chris jenner got on the phone very quick i was like do you need some well they were tmz was also the one pushing the crazy person with a syringe full of drugs thing they were pushing that 
hard. So mm-hmm. she was probably on the phone screaming at them, like, push this hard. Um, she, yeah, don't focus on the Instagram stuff. Listen, we're talking about needles, okay? Do the needle story. Yeah. And also people were wondering why, like, so many children were there. Mm-hmm. Um and many have pointed out it's he markets to children pretty much like Astro World the whole like theme park um, yeah, thing kid, kid he's park. on he's on Fortnite so yeah. yeah so that's why a bunch of kids are his fans yeah also to that kind of thing I mean I'll play like devil's advocate when I was a kid I mean listen my first concert was NSYNC in high school so I was not going to concerts as a kid I would have loved to have. But I knew tons of my friends that had gone to concerts when they were like seven and eight. And I think it happens. Like, I think that kids go to concerts. Like, it's not that that didn't seem too strange to me. It just it didn't really surprise me that there were kids there. And like you said, it's the vibe of it is very carnival amusement park. Tons of colors. Yeah. Yeah. Inflatable things like, yeah, it's for kids. Yeah. And did you see those video? I'm sure you did of like people dancing on the emergency vehicles as they were taking unconscious people. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. That's I'm it was just I like, didn't. no, it's like, welcome to humanity 2021. It's just That's so horrible. depressing. Okay, now let's talk about Lady Gaga and her Oscar campaign, which is already starting. I mean, she's only got a few months, so she's got to work quick and she's got to work hard. She's got to hustle hard. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a campaign at this point. It's like a strategic army rollout. She's serious about this. Yeah, she's serious. So Gaga's in House of Gucci. She plays uh, Patricia Reggiani, who was convicted for having a hitman kill her husband, Maurizio Gucci. She... Gaga obviously wants a Best Actress Oscar. She has an Oscar for Best Song, but she wants that Best Actress Oscar. And, like, if you go to Gold Derby, which is, like, the uh, an awards show site, and they do a bunch of predictions, mm-hmm. um, many critics are predicting she's going to get nominated. I mean, they haven't seen well, the she- mo- movie yet. <laughs> but no, like, I think she will. I think she will, too. They're like, she's hustling so hard. She's She's... She's going to get nominated. But Gaga did an interview with both Italian Vogue and British Vogue. And she laid it on thicker than her fake accent. She she went for it. So the interview is basically a pick me for Oscar voters. A pick me. <laughs> the pick me girl but to, to Oscar voters. Pick me Oscar yeah. voters. So she says she worked on Patricia's accent for three years. Years, Michael? With a Y. Three, not three days, not three hours. Three hours. <laughs> three years. <laughs> years. Um, and on top of that, she went full Daniel Day-Lewis method by staying in character as Patricia, both on and off camera for a year. I'm sure that was very cute for anyone that had to interact with her for that whole year. I'm sure people loved that. I'd be like, I'm sorry, we can't. I'm sorry, Patricia, uh, air quotes. I I cannot be friends with you right now. This is too much. No, and also, like, if you're a detective who's got an unsolved murder case, maybe bring Lady Gaga in. Maybe she put a hit on someone. Because if you're going to live as Patricia Gucci... I thought you were going to say, if you're a detective, bring Lady Gaga into the interrogation room and, like, five minutes with her, the person's like, I confess. What do you need to know? 
I'll tell you everything. Just please no more of this. She also said um, that it was hard for her to do the accent as a blonde. (laughs) (laughs) So she, because Patricia Gucci has, you know, she has brown hair, dark brown hair. So she had to dye it or the accent wouldn't work. And whether the accent worked after she dyed her hair, I mean, that's, you know, that's up for debate. She can she can blame it on the um she can blame it on the hair dye if she doesn't get nominated. She'll be like, oh, it's the hair dye's fault. There was too many chemicals. Yeah, it yeah. messed up. It messed up the way my brain was processing that accent. It's not my fault. I should have stayed blonde. I also love so she you remember how she said she lived as Patricia for a year, right? Mm-hmm. She took up photography for the role, but she doesn't know if Patricia was into photography. So she said, I have no evidence that Patricia was a photographer, but I thought as an exercise in finding her interest in life that I would become a photographer. So I took my point and shoot camera everywhere that I went. I noticed that Patricia loved beautiful things. If something wasn't beautiful, I deleted it. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is shook. (laughs) Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis just ran out, went to his nearest best buy, and he's like, Give me a Nikon. I need something. Yeah, I know. Like, and um, so let's talk about the accent. All right. It's what I like to call spaghetti sauce commercial accent, which is to say it feels like someone doing the Sopranos, but then a director being like, can you make it a little bit more Chef Boyardee? And then them being like, does this work? And they're like, maybe add a little bit of Super Mario in there. And then they like finally get it. And they're like, okay, that's great. Now put in like 200% more, like go really hard. You're a 13 year old in a school play. Like you need to really do this. That's what the accent sounds like to me. Close. That's Gaga's process close. But I'll tell you what, what she said about this accent. So she said, I started with a specific dialect from Vignola. Uh, Then I started to work in the higher class way of speaking that would have been more appropriate in places like Milan and Florence. In the movie, you'll hear that my accent is a little different depending on who I'm speaking to. (laughs) She's basically saying, she's basically saying, listen, when my accent is bad, it's because I'm from a different place. Okay. (laughs) That's why. Yeah. So I'm going to do a side. I'm going to play for you a side by side of the real... Patricia Reggiani and Lady Gaga. So Patricia is the one talking about um, that it's better to cry in a Rolls Royce and be happy on a bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that on a pillow. I knew, Do they have that at Home Goods on a pillow? Let me look. I'm on the app right now. Yeah. They do. I've, got, I've ordered you three. And then Gaga is the other one, you know, about, you know, that quote in the trailer about not being a fair person or whatever. Or that, no, she's not an ethical person, but she's a fair person. I'm not particularly an ethical person, yeah. Yeah, so let me play this for you. It's better to uh, cry in Rolls Royce than to be happy on a bicycle. That's that's for sure. I don't consider myself to be a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. It's not, it's not as off. It's as not, like I thought it was. I mean, she, no, I mean, Gaga still sounds like fucking Count Von Count. Yeah, it, she still sounds like Lady Gaga being like, yeah, 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 I'm not a particular early at the clubbers. Like, it still sounds a little like that, but it's 
it's it's close-ish. There are shades of it in there. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you think like, so? It, you you think she's definitely going to be nominated? Hundred percent, she is. Michael, come on! You've seen what they. I don't know. I don't know. They've, I honestly they've, don't. Maybe Golden Globe for best comedy because that shit is funny. But like <laughs> the so the reviews are not in yet, but people have um, like released their thoughts on it, mm-hmm. and it's like all over the place. Like some people say mesmerizing, some people say a fucking mess. Right. Okay, but I'll I will say this: the reviews made me want to see it. Sorry, not the reviews, the like first reactions, right? Like after things are embargoed, the embargoes lifted, people can talk about it. And I was decided, okay, I think I'm into this. Because whenever people say, oh my God, it's so great. And then another person's like, this is a disaster. I enjoy that combination of things. One person saying, yeah, I do too. One person saying it's a mess. Cause I'm like, okay, it meets in the middle, which tells me it's probably going to be good and bad, which I like. But somebody said, because Ridley Scott directed this, that yes. it's what Ridley Scott wanted the counselor to be. And I wanted to slap that person because the counselor, counselor. <laughs> is a masterpiece. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cameron Diaz fucking a car. Lady Gaga could never. Let's just say that. Okay. So by now you've all heard about the Aaron Rodgers disaster. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a football player. He plays for the Green Bay Packers. Um I only know about him. Oh, I only know about him because there were gay rumors about him, and he dated Olivia Munn. I know about him because I think the mascot for the Green Bay Packers is cheese, and I like that. I think that's cute. Yeah, and it fits for him because he's cheesy as fuck. Mm-hmm. The basic details about this is that in August, Aaron was asked during a press conference if he's vaccinated, and mm-hmm. he only said he's a. Um, Immunized. Immunized? Immunized. Immunized. How do you say that? Immunized. Immunized. That's a a hard word to say. So turns out he's not vaccinated and he got COVID. He admitted to misleading everyone and said that he didn't get vaccinated because he's allergic to an ingredient in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And he's heard that people had bad reactions to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And he's afraid it'll affect his fertility. And he actually admitted out loud, and this will tell you everything you need to know about him, that he's taken treatment advice from Joe Rogan, who is not a doctor. He was the host of Fear Factor. Fear Factor. (laughs) And so he's taking uh, the horse dewormer, um, uh, Ivermectin. So that's basically the summary. And Aaron is engaged to Shailene Woodley. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, famously of The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, I was going to say Divergent series. I don't know. I don't even remember that other shit. Marissa's uh, younger sister on The O.C. I think the second actress to play her younger sister. Yeah. That's Shailene Woodley. She's also a big hippie. Like, she talked about how she ate clay for health reason, and she suns her vagina for to get vitamin D. So she's been defending Aaron, her fiancé, and we don't know if Shailene is vaccinated or not, but she's filming a Showtime series, and Showtime told The Hollywood Reporter that all of Zone A, which Shailene is in, is required to be vaccinated. Right. So first, Shailene posted a saying on Instagram about how calm seas bring you peace, but storms are where you'll find your power. 
And this was after all the Aaron Rodgers shit. So, and she ended up deleting it. But um, lots of media outlets called her post cryptic. They thought she was responding to all the backlash that Aaron was getting. So she addressed that. <laughs> and she should not have. She didn't need to. She she could have stayed away from her phone. Yeah, she should not have. So she said, just read somewhere that the media is claiming I deleted an Insta story amid the chaos. An astrology post of all things. Not cryptic at all, you dummies. Do you even know how stories work, brah? They self-delete after 24 hours, literally LOLing over here over your determination to make a story out of nothing, grasping at straws, my dears. She, like, bruh. Bruh. Shailene, you grew up in, like, Santa Barbara. Where's who? Where's this coming from, bruh? I know she's, like, t- suddenly become, like, a 12-year-old bro. She's, yeah, like, she's a tw- bruh. <laughs> she's a 12-year-old on, like, uh, Sony PlayStation right now. Fuck off, brah. <laughs> so she didn't stop. Um, Aaron, Aaron had to quarantine, you know, because he, he got COVID. And the Daily Mail ran photos of a man they said was Aaron out and about in Los Angeles. And they said he was breaking quarantine and um, COVID rules by being out and about. Right. It was not him. It was another guy. But Shailene wrote about this on Instagram and basically said that the dude in the pictures wasn't Aaron and couldn't be Aaron because Aaron's got a bigger dick and mm-hmm. better um, better taste in cars, basically. So she wrote, <laughs> she didn't say bra in this one, so we will give her that. Okay. She wrote, literally, y'all need to come. <laughs> <laughs> y'all. <laughs> It's the literally and y'all. Okay. Literally, y'all need to calm the fuck down. This is straight up hilarious. News outlets still grasping at straws to disparage Aaron, finding random fucking men on the streets of LA and saying it's him. I know Aaron's body very well. First off, his feet, um, and no offense to this rando dude, are a lot bigger. Also, for those of us who know Aaron beyond the world's the worlds of obsessed sport and shitty media. It's no secret he has the hairiest hands on the fucking planet. This oblivious homie (laughs) clearly (laughs) does not. Go ahead, zoom in. Also, cute car dude, but Aaron would never drive this. Okay, she is a 12-year-old. She is. There's no question. Shaylee... (laughs) Shailene Woodley, she like got her assistant to write it, and the assistant is a twelve-year-old boy, and she's like, "Try to make it sound like me," and he's like, "I can't promise that, homie." <laughs> a twelve-year-old boy from like the nineties, homie. It's very, very Malibu's most wanted, homie. <laughs> and this poor guy, like she dick shames him and car shames car him. Car shames him and hairy hands shames him too. Yeah, she basically said his hands are too smooth. Which, lady hands. Yeah, the, At least the, she didn't say yeah, lady, lady hands. <laughs> the dick shaming's so rude, too, because that's such a, like, 90s sitcom joke to be like, oh, you know what they say about big feet? Like, excuse me, but some of us have done enough research to know that big feet don't always mean big dick. No. And it's like, so he's got big feet and hairy arms. He's Bigfoot. <laughs> it's been spotted. But... Can I tell you that, like, the gay rumors I haven't, I was like, whatever. I never really paid attention to, right? Right. About Aaron. But this, because she, the 
because like she, the way she writes like i know his body very well yeah <laughs> she's basically like saying like i have sex with him all the time every day <laughs> yeah we have heterosexual sex he loves to look at my tits homie <laughs> magazine reveals who they believe is their sexiest man alive i don't know how long you've been paying attention to people's sexiest man alive situation can you remember the first sexiest man alive you remember no sadly i cannot can you okay yes i can nick nolte (laughs) what year was that the 90s uh yeah i think it was like prince of tides time he was in prince of tides right yes (laughs) yes Okay. So he was pushing Prince of Tides. So, he definitely I mean, was pushing Prince of Tides. They peaked yes. there. They should have just ended it right there. There should have never been in, a sexiest man like, alive there. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I remember seeing that magazine in the grocery stores and being like, oh, I guess that's what a sexy alive man is supposed to be. So this year's sexiest man alive for 2021 was rumored to be Chris Evans. The internet was sure that it was going to be Chris Evans. And a bunch of clues that people saw and sources were saying like yeah it's chris evans he's the sexiest man alive there was also an internet rumor that it was going to be the rock again for the second time and it was neither michael people's sexiest man alive of 2021 is 52 year old paul rudd which how do you feel about that i hate it it's the worst decision ever no, I'm just oh. saying that because every, I want to be a rebel because everyone's like, best decision ever. Best thing people has done. <laughs> because it really like, because usually people's magazines, you know, Sexiest Man Alive divides the internet. It's this true. did not. Everyone agreed it was a good decision. It was a good decision. You know, ageless vampires need representation too. I think that the only way that this could be more people agreeing about it is if they gave it to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's, that's next you... year. Oh, when The Matrix comes out. Wait, when does that? That comes out this year. They'll they'll do a special um, added, <laughs> add people's sexiest man of Christmas times. Yeah. Because I they're think like... that comes out like around Christmas times. Yeah, the they're next like, Matrix pe- pe- movie. People's sexiest man alive on the weekend that The Matrix is released. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's fine. It's one of those choices where I'm just glad that somebody from The Voice didn't get it. Yeah, they, 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 they don't have the PR people to to make this happen. Because it's all like a PR thing. Right. Paul Rudd has Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out next week, I believe. So congratulations to him. Also, definitely anybody who watched Clueless and was totally okay with Cher getting with her uh, stepbrother is very, is very excited about this decision. So it's kind of Christmas time. When I say kind of Christmas time, Michael, I believe that we spoke on our last It's episode. not Christmas time, Allison. It's Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving has not happened. It's not Christmas time. I don't... It's I don't, Thanksgiving I don't, I don't, times. I don't adhere to your arbitrary rules about Christmas time. I'm sorry. <laughs> we discussed on our last... Oh, in one of our last episodes that I said that for me, Christmas begins November 1st. Like Halloween at midnight is when Christmas happens. You believe it's American Thanksgiving. I think lots of people subscribe to that as well. And uh, there's a good number of people that think that Christmas shouldn't happen until December 1st. 
that's that's accepted generally accepted as well so i don't know when you start playing mariah carey's all i want for christmas Would it be- i don't think i ever play it because i don't need to because everybody else is so it's yeah, like just- every damn store i walk into is playing it the birds are fucking singing it my dog is humming it so i don't need to play it everybody <laughs> else does it just exists. It just shows up in your life. Well, there's a bar in Dallas called Stonely P. And somebody uh, tweeted a picture recently. There was a sign on their jukebox that read, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You will be skipped if played before December 1st. After December 1st, the song is only allowed one time a night. I mean, good luck. That's a terrible idea. You need to space that uh, song out. No. That should be a national law, actually. <laughs> And I'm half lamb. I love Mariah. I'm half lamb, but but that 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 song, yeah, can wait after Thanksgiving. I don't know. I'm in. I'm into it. I think it definitely needs to be playing as much as you can. I think that it's a song, kind of like um, it's like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. There doesn't need to be a holiday associated with it. I mean, I know it's Christmas. It's called Christmas. All I Want for Christmas is You. Christmas My- is a holiday. It doesn't say All I Want for Wednesday is You. Oh, I wish that she Although, would record. She a... should do that. She should. Do... Yeah, if she recorded a version of that that I could play all year long, I'd be full lamb. That's incredible. So, Michael, the COP twenty six climate change summit happened in Scotland recently, and I kept getting this confused with COPD, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not what it is. It's the COP twenty six climate summit. So lots of. Um, Leaders were there for it. The Queen Elizabeth was supposed to be there, but she's um, she wasn't well enough to go. So instead, Prince Charles and Duchess Camilla were there. And also Joe Biden was there because, again, world leaders were at this thing. Um, a royal source spoke to the mail on Sunday and they claimed, again, this is all allegedly, but a source says that when Joe Biden was talking to Camilla, he ripped a giant massive fart. And the source says, it was long and loud and impossible to ignore. Camilla hasn't stopped talking about it. I mean, it happened like a week ago, so she really does need to stop talking about she's it still, She's still talking about it. At the Christmas table, she's going to talk about, yeah, Joe Biden's fart. She'll be like, turn off, turn off that Mariah Carey song. I need to tell you a story about a fart. So, Michael, did you ever see Wicked on Broadway? No, I have not seen it. I actually don't care for it that much, like the music. Okay. So I have, no, I have not seen it. You Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't ever heard the soundtrack. I haven't, like, I think I maybe know one song from it, but I'm, I'm not crazy. You know it. the um, Alphaba song, the Defying Gravity. That's the one, that's the big song from that. Defying um, gravity. gravity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know the words Defying Gravity from it, but if you played the beginning of the song, I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Oh, I also know the popular song because I like Christian okay, Chenoweth. Yeah. Okay, so they're making a movie out of Wicked, and it's going to be directed by John M. Chu. And this has this movie's been in production for, what, like a decade or something? Mm-hmm. They've been working on it forever. They finally have cast their Elphaba, which is the green witch, and Glinda, which is the blonde witch. And so Elphaba mm-hmm. will be Cynthia Erivo, Oscar-nominated Cynthia Erivo. And Glinda will be uh, Grammy-winning. Ariana Grande. <laughs> she may have won a People's Choice, too. She definitely did when she was on that Nickelodeon show. Yeah, for sure. and she definitely won a Kids' Choice Award, yeah. So Kids' mm-hmm. Choice, Grammy, People's Choice winner. 
winner. Yeah. Um, how does this casting feel to you? I mean, it's fine. I mean, I don't really have any big thoughts. The only thing I know is they're going to need subtitles with Ariana's mumbling ass. <laughs> How do you feel about this casting? Uh, well, as somebody like uh, on social media mentioned, they're like, oh, the witches are supposed to be at college. They're supposed to be like 17 years old. And they had a problem with that because like Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande, I believe, are in their 30s. And I was like, come on, you got to suspend belief. They're not real witches either. Yeah, listen, if Ben Platt can get away with playing a high schooler, Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande can get away with be- being college students. Yeah, don't hold it against them. But you know what I love about this? So what? there's a change.org petition. It's like at 80-something thousand signatures mm-hmm. to beg the uh, makers of the Wicked movie to not put James Corden in it. Because you know he's in all the musicals and he ruins them yes. all. Oh, no question. This would be a terrible idea if they put if they put James Corden in it. This is a producer's situation where they're bombing yes. it on purpose. That's the yes. most obvious producer's situation. So we're watching yeah. you, John and Yeah, they're probably like, we're not going to put James Corden in. Don't worry. Instead, we'll put in the internet's other favorite person, Chris Pratt. Oh, Michael, there's a Pete Davidson dildo out there. I know. I already sent it to you for Christmas. You did? Santa read my list. (laughs) (laughs) So Cam Soda is a company that does camming. We all know what camming Mm -hmm. is on this podcast, right? Anyway. Yeah, it's not a soda site. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't sell (laughs) Coca-Cola. You will not get a a cream soda with two little straws sticking out. Well, you may get cream soda, but not not the kind you think. Title, very misleading. So they have released or they're selling um, a dildo that they claim is like the Pete Davidson dildo. I need to stress, this is not endorsed by Pete Davidson. But it's like a No, it's unauthorized. Unauthorized. (laughs) Unauthorized Pete Davidson dildo. It's a tattooed white dildo. It's like a skinny white dildo with very generic tattoos all over it. And they say that it'll sync up to his SNL appearances and it'll vibrate when he's on screen, which... You can really only use it, I guess, from Saturday night at, well, I can't even say 1130 because he's rarely in the cold open. But also, Michael, can I tell you my um, bad late night joke about this? The tagline is, this isn't what the tagline is. It's just a pretend tagline. The tagline is, he's been inside half of the entertainment industry. Now he can be in you. Also, that tagline doesn't even work because half of the entertainment industry, he only dates brunettes, first of all. The entertainment industry is full of blonde. He's never dated a blonde. Uh, um, the Bridgerton girl. Isn't she blonde or like redheaded? She's redheaded, I think. That's brown to me. <laughs> so this week we decided to reach into our mailbag or our email account. We don't have a real mailbag. Um, and just we decided to answer some listener questions we got some really great questions this week so the first one comes to us from a listener named max who writes very simply this question is five words long whatever happened to la pequeña so michael i'm gonna forward this question to you because i feel like this is a little bit before my time and you are you are the authority on this yeah it's 
pre-Allison delisted. Um, so La Pequena was a viral star before even viral stars were a thing. So Chilean comedian, he's a stand-up comedian, Felipe Avello, he created La Pequena. He is not La Pequena, but he created the character. Um, La Pequena was played by a little person whose name is not known, which is a fucking shame because they belong, you know, they're iconic, they're legendary. But La Pequena would dress up like different characters and dance around. Like when Hillary Clinton ran in 2008, uh, La Pequena became La Pequena Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And dressed up as her and then danced around to a Hillary Duff song. Yo soy la pequeña Hillary Clinton. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then La Pequena. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. Yeah, and um, La Pequena also did Amy Winehouse. And she also had a sidekick named Machine, who was a dude in a gimp suit. Basically, mm-hmm. he would dance around with her. You can see all the videos on YouTube. Just type in La Pequena, Hillary Clinton, La Pequena, um, Amy Winehouse. They're still up. And I used to post about her all the time. Like, every video that La Pequena did, I posted it. And I'm... You were like, you were like La Pequena's unofficial publicist. I was La Pequena's biggest fan. Yeah, I loved mm-hmm. La Pequena. And then the video suddenly stopped. Like, mm-hmm. there were no more La Pequena videos. And I'm not sure what happened to La Pequena. And I've done Google searches, and I still haven't found. And a few years ago, a reader from Chile uh, wrote me and said that they heard that the person who played La Pequena died. And I don't know if that's a fact. I think about La Pequena all the time. And I do, like, people write me now and again and ask me, if I know what happened to La Pequena, mm-hmm. and I don't. So if you do, someone listening, email me at michaelkdlisted.com because I want to know, because I do think of La Pequena all the time. Okay, well, there you have it. So Max, you can you can also join us in investigating the situation. So next question. Kate says, I mean, we just talked about Pete Davidson in the last segment. So we're talking about Pete Davidson again in this segment. Kate says, who do you think will be the Benefer 2.0 of Gen Z? Which star-crossed couple will they obsess about getting back together in the future? Kate guesses that it will be Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. And Kate wants to know who we think the Gen Z Benefer will be. Michael, who do you think it'll be? Well, they're not Gen Z, but I think they're millennials. But I'm going to say... Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson. Because once you buy a sex bench together, your love is for real. So I'm going to yeah. say them. And maybe Channing Tatum and Jesse J. Mm, I can okay. see them getting back together down the line. Who do, who do you over think? And, and none of them are Gen Z, so I really didn't answer the fucking question. Although I don't know if Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson are Gen Z either. I think that they're like, they're on that kind of middle ground between Gen Z and Millennial. And also, I think Carrie Delevingne and Ashley Benson are Gen Z Millennial cusp. Okay. I could I could be wrong, but I, I think it counts. I think it counts. So my choice is they are Gen Z. I think it'll be Timothy Chalamet and Lily Rose Depp. Or I think it could be Timothy, Timothy, excuse me, and Lourdes Leon. So... Timothy Chalamet dated Madonna's daughter, Lourdes, when they went to school at the Fame High School, Fiorella LaGuardia. 
And I think that maybe we are in like the middle of their benefit situation where they're not together right now, but they might get back together in the future. And then maybe they'll break up again after that. But if not her, then Lily Rose Depp. Interchangeable. Or both. Why not both? Yeah, why not both? Exactly. Put me down for all three. Um, last question comes from Sunny. Sunny says, I was just listening. By the way, I need to stress this. When, when I read this question the first time, I still couldn't get over the name that they drop for the Christmas album that they were listening to. So Sunny says, I was just listening to Allie Lohan's Christmas album while getting ready for bed. Which do, I guess she wanted nightmares. I think so. Sunny, are you okay? Please message us and let us know that everything is all right. You didn't have like horrible night terrors. You didn't open some weird like horror movie. Yeah, like Dina Lohan came to her in her nightmares asking for money, telling her to Venmo her money for listening to the album before bedtime. Sunny's like, every night I go to sleep, Dina Lohan appears in my dreams and tells me she's not going to leave until she gets 20 bucks. So Sunny was listening to Alia Lohan's Christmas album while she's getting ready for bed. She said, I wonder what yours and Michael's best, worst Christmas albums songs were. What are some standout shitty Christmas records in pop culture history? So Michael, I'm going to go first on this if that's okay. And I think that we just need to say it right now. Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas is the gold standard. Like I think that we can, we can all establish that's like absolutely the best like pop star Christmas album. So my best Christmas albums, I have two. The first one is Christina Aguilera's My Kind of Christmas. Um, and it's because I get chills. She The album starts out with like one of the best Christmas songs, Christmas Time. The one that starts where she's like, la, 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 that one. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Um, I think if start to finish, there's a couple weak songs in it but you can't ask for the moon when you're talking about a Christmas album. I think it's great. I think it's ageless. It's like 20 years old, more than 20 years old at this point. My second best Christmas album is Chris Isaac's album called Christmas. Okay. And Chris, Chris Isaac is, of course, the guy who sang Wicked Games. Mm-hmm. That Christmas album is extremely good. All bangers, no skips. It's If you're going to download one of them between Christina Aguilera and Chris Isaac, it should be Chris Isaac. My worst ones are NSYNC's Home for Christmas. So I worked at The Gap during one Christmas season. And they played so many songs from the NSYNC Christmas album. And all of them are bad. They're so awful. And then the second one is, this is really low-hanging fruit. But Justin Bieber's Under the Mistletoe. Oh, yeah, that shit is, is horrible. That That's the kind of thing where, that's my Mariah Carey sign on a jukebox that but my sign would just say, you can't play this ever. Please don't do this to me. No, so babe, Michael, it's the reason why baby Jesus cries. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reason why baby Jesus's hay in his manger is completely soaked. All right, so Michael, what are your best and worst Christmas albums? Okay, my least favorite are uh, Jessica Simpson's Christmas album. I Okay. It, and it's really popular. Like whenever I listen to like the Apple Music holiday list, they always yeah. have a bunch of the fucking songs. And it gives me like, um, it gives me like seasickness because it sounds like she's like on a boat that's rocking because it's all like, ah, ah, ah. it's like, it, that's the reason why the baby Jesus Christ too. So I can't stand that one. I also can't stand Taylor Swift's 
Christmas album. Because <gasps> it's so country. Well, and her f- version of Santa Baby is a Oh, my crime. God. It's horrible. It's horrible. That, con- that country fried Santa Baby, that makes me, ups- like, actually upset. Yeah. So those are two that I hate. Um, my favorite are not albums. I'm doing songs. Okay. Uh, my first is Kia's version of Santa Baby because... You know, Santa Baby is full of innuendos. She yeah. kicks all the fucking innuendos away, gets real, and lets us know that she wants to fuck Santa. So she, that to me is the gold standard, Santa Baby, because she doesn't play. Um, and you can find that on YouTube. All, basically, all the my favorite uh, Christmas songs you can find on YouTube. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you probably can't find them on Apple Music or Spotify, but YouTube, definitely. Okay, this my other favorite is... Patti LaBelle's um, Where's My Background Singers remix of This Christmas. So that's the classic where Patti, she was singing like at a tree lighting ceremony in D.C. Yes. And the background singers weren't didn't take the stage with her. The cue card girl was slow. And it's just, it's a classic. That's on YouTube. You probably know what it is. If you haven't, watch it. Watch it all the time. Put it in your playlist because that... That is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. And I also love the Chipmunks Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously. And I love the William Hung Christmas album, but not because of the music, but because it's called Hung for Christmas. <laughs> so there, you, we, we've covered all your Christmas song needs here. We truly have. Okay. So that ends our mailbag. Um, if you have a if you have a question for us for our mailbag, uh, email us at DTP at delisted.com. DTP at delisted.com. And that ends this show. We'll be back next week, as always. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Michael. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Come on.